What is going on, Badger fans? Tons to talk about today. We're going to talk about another quarterback coming to Madison, basketball game, two other transfer additions coming into the roster, take a bunch of comments. We have a ton to chop up on today's Locked On Badgers. Is the quarterback room too deep now? We're going to get into it, talk about it all on today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers, your team every single day talking about it. I really do appreciate everybody tuning in, helping build this community. Again, it it is awesome what we're doing here. Uh, We're going to bring Justin and Rajiv in. We got a ton to talk about today. Um, Here's Justin Rajiv. And I know we're just coming off a loss to Michigan State here, but we're not going to start there. So I need, I need, we need to get that energy back up. Good. Yeah, we're we may not even football. 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 It's funny. Before the show, I put it up on Twitter. Sorry, I was looking at my arm. I felt like something was crawling on me. Um, maybe it was just the grossness of that Michigan State game still making my skin crawl. Um, I, before the game, I put up on Twitter because the game against Michigan State tonight, Wisconsin's ranked. I said, Wisconsin fans, what are you more excited about? off-season transfer portal additions or this big basketball game tonight <laughs> and almost universally people are like uh the portal <laughs> which is amazing to me because michigan state wisconsin well, is a big game but how, how many players have we grabbed in the last seven days nine i think we had nine or eight it's eight or nine <laughs> that's that's why people are more excited about the portal because it's like a like a non-stop like faucet of new players onto the team which i think honestly I don't know how you guys feel about things, but I feel like the roster had kind of slipped off a little bit. And I do think that they came in and kind of assessed it and said, there are places where we need to get better. And if we can get better quickly, I I think anyone we've talked about the transfer thing and fickle talked about it, not wanting it to be a regular thing. I think this is the year that we see them really attack the portal and try to get Mm -hmm. as many fixes as they can get as quickly as possible. I don't think this will be the norm. But I think they viewed it as, okay, we need to do what we can this year to kind of set us up going forward. Mm-hmm. With a lot of eligibility, too. Those mm-hmm. players all have that. So just setting it up for the future, replacing the recruiting class with transfer portal and mm-hmm. filling every need. We still need to do yeah. tackle, but, you know, mostly. Yeah, that that was the other part of it was we we had a very underwhelming normal recruiting period. Mm-hmm. Yep. So which, they had to make up. There were a lot of bodies. We were low. We should have probably no. been closer to 20. Let's let's start here because let's start with the big one, right? So another quarterback, guys. Um, another quarterback, which when this the, the idea of this first came out, everybody just lost their minds. So Braden Locke, six foot one, two hundred pound quarterback, originally out of Roxville, Texas, comes in from Mississippi State. Uh, he was a composite four star quarterback, had offers from uh, Georgia Tech, some other places. He didn't play last year, so you just have to go up to high school film. All right, so a couple things here, a lot to unpack here. I think. And by the way, we're not going to get into everything tonight, um, but a lot to unpack here. Is this, is this a little too much? Like, I saw people – let me just start off here and then kick it to you guys. I, I love it. But I saw people say we could use the scholarship somewhere else. Enough is enough at quarterback. Thoughts? I disagree with that, but I, I agree with you. Look, in my opinion, quarterback is the number one position in the game. It's a, it's what it's the position that's held us back for yeah. many years. Okay? I was going to say, it's so the biggest weakness deep, we've had. Right. A deep quarterback room is going to is going to breed that competition. Like we've said before, I want the best in that room. If we lose a couple of those guys because they're the transfer out. OK, that's fine. I want to evaluate the players that are in there. The more the merrier, as far as I'm concerned at this point, I think it's probably good enough. But obviously, Mordecai is our starter next year. And whether it's 
whether we're looking at Locke and we're looking at Evers and we're looking at Burkett, all the people in the room, LaCrue. Well, let's figure out who's good enough to be there. Who's going to be two, three, four. And then if Burkett's not going to make it, well, then okay. Then, then Burkett moves on and hopefully finds another place to play. I'm all about these guys having good careers, but I mean, I want the best for Wisconsin, just like all of us do. So it's not too much. Let's play with the best players. And now we have four, four star guys in that, in that room. We have never had anything like that before. So we actually get to to look at this, evaluate the talent, decide who the best guys are and keep them. And if someone, if they want to go somewhere else, I'm okay with that. We'll, we'll get, we can use those scholarships later. I'm fine with it. Let's load up the room. Let's play with the best players. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. I, he, listen, the way I look at it is Mordecai's a one-year rental. We knew that already. Now you have two bodies that you feel good about going into next year that will know the system. And then you're going to have Matire that's coming in after that. I, you know, I don't know if Burkett stays. I don't know if he goes. I don't know what the, the deal is. Uh, there, are, there were hinted signs saying that you know, somebody might be on the way out. I don't know if that's the case or not. We haven't seen anything. We haven't heard anything for sure. Um, we also have LaCrue coming in. I think the room is where it, if you're going to be a top 10 team, the room is where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what people need to not understand Historically, Wisconsin's been awful for quarterback depth. We have never had a the type of room for the level of success that we've had as a program. So what we're seeing is we're raising that talent level in that area that has always been kind of underwhelming at Wisconsin to a level where it should have been all along. So roughly five guys is probably what you're looking at for a normal quarterback room at most schools. With us having running quarterbacks, it has to be at that level. Like you have to be ready in case somebody goes down. Look at Georgia's room. Look at Ohio State's room. Look at all those big schools. Now those guys have a lot of people that will transfer out and that will go elsewhere and be starters somewhere else, and that's okay. I want to be one of those schools who's going to bring in all the good guys, pick which ones they want, and go from there. And, and you know, it's easy to say because I can already see people saying, well, that's Ohio State, that's Georgia, and they do recruit at a different level than us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see you're showing your shoulders, Rajiv, which I, I get both <laughs> not sides. Not for long, not for well, long. But I get both sides, but we're never going to be that. Even with Fickle, right. even with Max and Pat, we're never going to recruit at that level. But even Nebraska, like Nebraska took two transfer quarterbacks last year, right? Mm-hmm. They took Purdy and Casey Thompson from Texas. Like, even even schools like you don't I guess what I'm saying is you don't have to be Ohio State to ratchet up the competition in the quarterback room. We've seen schools at our level and frankly below our level take multiple transfers. Yeah. The other thing I would say really quick is what if because I saw people say and I get this perspective. I saw people say we brought in Evers to be the future and now this feels like it's convoluting it. Are there going to be enough reps to go around? What if that what if Braden uh, I forgot his name Braden Locke. What if he's better than Evers, right? And you pass on him because you're hoping yeah. for Evers, right? You Don't pass on the opportunity to add talented arms because the other thing quarterbacks do is they make every other player on the offense better. Mm-hmm. The receivers will be better. The running backs will be better. The offensive line mm-hmm. will be better with a better quarterback. So I, I just don't see the downside. I, I am stoked. It's incredible. And the last point I'll make, before, just on this I'm kind of stream of conscious here, but even the years Justin and Rasheed, when we've had four or five quarterbacks, how many of those quarterbacks felt like guys you could legitimately hope for in the future? Oh, I don't think we've have right. Have we, okay, when was the last time we actually had a backup quarterback that we we felt like was a playable quarterback? I will tell you right now. It was when it was what Brooks Bollinger with a backup of Jim Brooks Bollinger. <laughs> yeah, right. well, yeah, and then 
And Brett Collinger so, so backed up uh, almost twenty years Samuel? ago. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. had uh, yeah. Tanner McAvoy and Joel Stave at the same time. Does that count? <laughs> no, right? no, it does not. But like, the difference is is so vast, right? I mean, and, and I think obviously next year we know Mordecai's going to start, but the battle for twenty twenty four starters happening. It's going to start now, and which one of these guys is going to emerge? Right. I like it. I mean, this is the most important position in the game, and we are not playing at the level that we were at before. So now it's time to just elevate everybody and. Best guy step, you know, next next man up, best guy wins. And and I've said from the get-go, my favorite guy coming out of all of it is maybe Mature, who is coming in next year. So uh-huh. I like these two other guys. I just think that the the highest upside is him. Yeah. And the last thing too on this, oh not the last thing, it doesn't have to be the last thing, but people are are frustrated that they were excited about Miles Burkett. And that's totally fine, by the way. Wisconsin kid, easy to cheer for. People are excited about Cole Crew. Those guys could still win the battle. Yeah. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. No, like I, it's harder now, but that's a good thing. And if they win the battle, they're going to be the best quarterback, and it's all going to work out anyway. Like, and it pushes everyone to be better. That battle is going to be. They're going to. Everyone's level is going to go up. So mm-hmm. whoever wins is going to be that much better than if these guys weren't in the room. Hundred mm-hmm. percent agree. Um, for those who haven't watched, we're going to take a deeper dive. Uh, this is a teaser. I think it's going to happen tomorrow. I have a insider who has covered Mississippi State coming on the show talk about this quarterback and Mordecai. Uh, she's done stuff on Mordecai as well, so I'm excited for that. So we're going to dive more into both of these players. But really quickly, Mordecai – or not Mordecai, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Braden Locke. Jeez, Locke. He's got too many quarterbacks in my head. Braden Locke. This one is a little different than the Evers and the, yeah. the Midtower. More of a pocket passer, a yeah. little smaller. Um, Still pretty mobile, curious, but yeah. What's closer to Mertz than – in the way I thought he had a good arm. If yeah. you watch the film, I'm curious to see what you guys think there. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that I mean that's part of the. Normally, when you get a four star, they're going to have a solid arm. I mean, that's always going to be one of the requirements. But yeah, I'd agree. I think we we've upgraded the talent, the raw talent level of of our quarterback room immensely. Like all of these guys have big arms. Mm-hmm. They're they're all more than capable of making all the throws in college. You know. Mm-hmm. So I think we've we've done a good job there, and yeah, I think this he's a little different than the other two guys. I think I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, we got a bunch of comments. I've been throwing them up here. Uh, Badger and Bournemouth says I'm most hyped about the 24 kid as well. Um, yeah, he's a big, he potentially big time prospect. I think mm-hmm. he's only gonna go up in the rankings. A uh, bunch more I've... comments to get to. Uh, we gotta take a quick break because we do have a, a sponsored show next. We're gonna talk about basketball quick. This is one of those you know, what they're called compliment sandwiches, right? We're going to start with the quarterback commitment, basketball, and then we're going to finish with two more transfers. So we're going to start and end with good stuff. Um, But coming up next, we are going to talk basketball and some stuff that is frustrating the heck out of me. Maybe Justin Rajiv too. We're going to get into that next. But first, today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. This is the place to go to if you need to look up future lines, live in-game betting, futures betting, um, I've talked about all my futures betting. I'm not going to get into that again, but I, I, if you have a team that you're into, it's a great way to ride that team, have some fun with it, do it responsibly. Also live casino games, blackjack roulette. Um, and it has everything there in one spot, covers all the sports from golf to MMA racing, um, basketball, football, baseball, it's all there. And if your season isn't in a lot of times, the futures for your season, it is, is are in. So you can probably get on there and check out who's going to, who's going to win the world series. Right. So you can put some scratch on that. Again, do it responsibly, but it's a lot of fun. They're an industry leader. There's a reason we use it at Locked On. Um, fastest and easiest way to do this. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's keep going here. Let's get into this. We have so much to talk about today. I uh, really do appreciate everybody tuning in. If you if you like the show, hit that subscribe button. It's really one of the best ways to support us, to support what we're doing here. I uh, really do appreciate it, though. Um, and we get Justin Rajiv back on. Gentlemen, let's talk basketball. Let's talk Wisconsin, Michigan State. Um, Rajiv, let's just kick it to you to start. I don't even want to start. <clears throat> yeah, tough game, obviously. Went from 3-0 in conference to now 3-2. and Obviously, two games without Tyler Wall. What a difference that makes. This game, defensively, I thought our transition defense really let us down tonight. Um, you know, Hauser got way too many open shots. I think Hogard just, just destroyed us all over the place. Um, I thought we made some bad defensive uh, errors too, as far as decisions. We didn't double down when we needed to. We didn't really, you know, have good help side defense at times. I thought we were just a little kind of out there on defense. On the good side of that is we forced, I think, 13 turnovers, which obviously kept us in the game. Um, But listen, uh, Michigan State score, I mean, they shot 50-some percent from three. I'm sorry, I don't, my screen went away. But I think they shot 53% from, from the three and we shot 40. So that's, I mean, they shot the ball really well. But let's give some credit to Stephen Crowell. 17 shots, 19 points. That guy continues to step up in Wall's absence, playing really well. Um, Chucky, I, I mean, he scored he scored big points, but I don't know what to say. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Justin take that one. But happy with Connor Cjian score seven shots, five uh, makes, absolute dynamite, just a laser mm. shot. So overall, I'll say it's a tough loss. We're without our best player. So let's also remember that. Let's kind of take it down. I think that we're going to be okay. We're going to make the tournament. I think we're going to really, I think we are going to still compete for the big 10, but wall needs to come back and needs to come back hard. And I will, last thing I'll say on this, I like the fact that we use more players tonight. Lindsay was the first guy off the bench, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that was mainly because of a uh, Hepburn turnover, but um, you know, Lindsay had eight minutes, Obviously, Seijin had 27, which I believe is his highest minute total of the year. Uh, Marcus Silver, 13. So I like that, that we're playing a little more players, um, but that's my initial thoughts. We're three and two. We're okay. We need Wall back. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we've, we've been talking about this since the beginning of the season. Connor needs to get the ball more. Like They've got to find ways to get him open off of screens or whatever. He shoots way too well not to, and this team struggles to score way too much not to. Chucky drives me nuts. Uh, we've talked about this after the the game that this is clearly it's it's a guard idea, not not a Chucky idea, because we've seen every Wisconsin point guard do the same thing for the last fifteen years between Bo Ryan and and uh, guard, and it's been terrible basically since the beginning they dribble around and take a bad either step back or fade away or don't even get a shot off sometimes ill-advised three-point shot that we should never be taking if Devin Harris was the guy with the ball by all means let that guy create he can get himself a good look we don't have somebody capable of getting their own shot 
So for us to sit there and ISO ball in a situation like that is moronic. And the fact that we don't have, we have 15 years of data that says that this doesn't work and it's not sinking in our skull right now is driving me nuts because we have wasted games that we should have won or at least gotten a good shot to end them consistently by doing this stupid offense over and over again. And maybe this sounds overly harsh, but it drives me nuts watching. Like these are things where it's like you're, you're, you're making it more complicated than what it needs to be. Like he needs the Phil Longo school of let's keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so a couple really quick things. Uh, there's parts of gray guard and I don't want to, I really don't want to be that, that person that after a loss, I hate everything. I'm so frustrated after a win, everything's amazing because Rajiv and I have talked about this a lot. There's good stuff in losses. There's bad stuff mm-hmm. in wins. Stephen Carl was great tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's things, and I've talked about this before, that really frustrate me with Grey Guard. And there, you see them in losses like this. One of them is the inability to develop slash recruit depth. Yeah, there, I've said this before. There's no reason. Like, Mark, you know, we saw Hodges come in today. He's he can You can put him on the court for a few minutes at a time, and the wheels don't fall off. There was no mm-hmm. reason for him not to get a couple minutes in the non-conference. You know, and yeah, or even Big Ten games where. Yeah. He might he, be a functional backup by now. He's if, not if a, been doing it terrible player right and you, know, you shouldn't just need him when you need him develop him throughout the season that frustrates me the connor thing justin you hit on that i i totally agree it's it's borderline criminal it's going to be like my isaac rendo thing where I, I was so upset that they never used him enough connor's going to become that for me like you have to get him the ball more um and then the, the last one that frustrates me a little bit justin and, and rajiv uh, with guard is <clears throat> There, there's almost just a stubbornness to to try a zone to mix something up. You know, tonight Michigan State got in some rhythms where they're just they're just dicing us up, and some of that shooting. And people will instinctively say, "Well, don't go to a zone against shooting." There are zones that that work against perimeter shots, but even just switching it up makes Michigan State take a second. It can throw them out of the rhythm. Um, it's a very frustrating thing to me because I think he's a really good coach in a lot of ways. He's successful. Um, but he just is a little too stubborn at times. And I think that's the crux of my frustration with him. Well, or, or even doubling down when you have Chucky that's being ISOed by Hall or Joey Hauser. Like, come on. The guy's giving up a half a foot in height. Like, it's common sense. You have to throw somebody out there to pressure that guy and make him get rid of the ball or at least make the shot more difficult. But he's going to go right up over the top of Chucky, which is exactly what happened both times. They got easy layups both times. Chucky's strong, but he doesn't have the height to stop that. Mm-hmm. It's like me playing one-on-one with my son. We we have to continue to be more inventive. I still don't understand why that's the best. Look at the, the, the last shot before halftime that Chucky Hepburn took. What is that? Why are we... Why is it that we constantly make the same mistake? When I, Like you said it right, Ryan, we don't have those guys. And if we don't have those guys, then we have to change it up. So then play with what you have. And if these are the guys you have, and then you got to design new offenses, you got to make things happen. I mean, the Chucky's shot at the end of the game when we were down two, what was that? I mean, he literally just shot it. The guy was right in front of his face. That can't be the best shot you take. I know they were originally trying to get a siege in the ball, but then go back down to crowd if, because that's, that had been working for you. We have to make better decisions in key moments. Michigan state historically Every time you're in the last few minutes of the game, they ratchet their pressure up. They play, they pressure the ball really well. They don't make mistakes late in games. They did not turn the ball over at all in the last, after the last media timeout. And we then kind of 
cringe back a little bit and we start being the scared ones, right? We, we're, we're, we, we back off defensively. We're not pressuring the ball as much. We take bad shots. We have to switch that around. We have to be the team that makes good decisions, decisions at the end of the game, like Michigan state does like Purdue does, you know, that's going to be the difference as we move forward in this conference. How can we continue to evolve our end game situations? It's been a problem that's plagued us for a long time. Like Justin said, and we have to then if we don't have the athletes, then Greg Gard's got to outcoach them someone, right? We've got to make the change at that level. Yeah. Now it was still listen, all that said again, we let's talk some good stuff here again. Crowell yeah. was, was you know, the interesting thing with Crowell is here's the re- weird thing. Um, I love the confidence he's gaining, but some of those shots are not high percentage shots, like the contested one-handed kind of falling away jump hook. Like those are yeah. going to miss. There's, there's going to be some games where that's a drop. It's like, not like he's shooting that from a foot away. He's normally like four or five feet, and it's like, dude, you're going to miss more than those, more of those than you probably. It's a little fool's go. A little. Fool's I would. L- but I love the confidence. Is is yeah. my bigger takeaway. Like I love the swagger he's starting to get down there. Like he's a grown man, and he's starting to act a little bit like a grown man in the post, which mm-hmm. I love. I would like to see when he's down there backing those guys down. I would love to see some cuts to the basket. We might be able to get a backdoor layup. We might, I don't, there's not a lot of movement when he's down there, which always frustrates me. Movement, lack of movement frustrates me. Let's also give it up for Marcus Silver. I know a lot of people don't like Marcus Silver, but man. And yes, he takes some shots a little bit too quick, but he has confidence to take shots. This is a team that struggles offensively a lot. And he's not afraid to take those shots. He made a couple shots tonight. He had uh, five, five points, but Two or five, like I like that. I I don't want people that are afraid to take shots, and I like that he is. He he's not afraid to take deep threes. He's not afraid to score in, in the post. So listen, I like that, and I want more of that. I want more of that. Guys that are not afraid to take shots in big situations. Um, so credit to Marcus Silver as well. He is a true sophomore that has barely played. And what did I notice tonight against a team that's very athletic? He kind of got downhill going to the rim at will against the guy that was on him which tells you he he has some athleticism. Um, he plays a little too fast yet, and mentally he's got some work to do. Like he just does not seem totally locked in at what's going on all around him out there. And that will get better with more reps. But that's part of being out on the court. And it's the same thing with Hodges. Like doing it in practice and doing it in the game are two different things. Like it's really hard to kind of get that awareness where you're not like overreacting to everything when you actually step foot out in a game as opposed to practice. And these guys need to get it. They both have enough athleticism that if you give them time and reps, that they'll become competent. Do I think that Ilver's going to be like a crazy good player? No, but I think he can become a solid reserve. I wouldn't be surprised if you can get him to be a guy who averages five to seven points by his senior year. I think his ceiling's even higher than that, to be honest. Yeah. But it could be. Of- but I'm saying that would be if like if you got that from him, you'd be happy with that. Yeah, whether well, not ten minutes a game, fifteen, yeah. Yeah, uh, Slim Lewis says, uh, is it time for more football talk yet? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Slim Lewis, it is. We're going to take a very quick break, and then we have two <laughs> more transfers to talk about. Listen, this is we're, we're trying to get a lot in today. We are diving deeper into all these transfers tomorrow as well, and I want to get a ton of your comments in. Um, Thomas Miller here, who is always active on the show. Thomas, I appreciate you. I agree with Ryan. But by the way, if you ever start a comment for those listening with, I agree, Ryan, that comment is going up on the screen. Uh, Ilver has the <laughs> skills. But I think he really does. I think he can shoot. He's got size. And like Justin pointed out, um, he's able to get to the rim a little bit. So we're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to talk about two more transfers coming in, what it means, and then get to a bunch of your comments. That's where we're going to wrap up the show. I really do appreciate everybody. Quick break for our friends of the show. All right, let's bring everybody back on. We got Justin. We got Rajiv. Uh, two more football players in the transfer portal. We got a three for today. Um, mm-hmm. Let's start with the kicker. 
I, yes. I, I want to start with the kicker. I think it's a big deal. Nathaniel Vakos out of Ohio, uh, freshman All-American. Rajiv, why is this the greatest pickup other than Tanner Mordecai this offseason? I love when we get special teams, guys, because special teams mean so much. And how many times this year, last year, the year before, have we lined up for a 45-yard kick and everyone's just biting their fingernails because they know that, boy, this could go way left and go way right, and maybe if we're lucky, we make it. So many points are scored um, from the kicker, and we haven't really had a good one in a, quite a while. Very excited about this guy. Five star. It was he was a five star kicker, I believe, right? I think in the cold, like the kicker Cole's rankings are weird, though. Yeah, like, well, right. But about four or five stars. Either but, yeah. either way, he had he had a fifty six yarder last year. It's just football. The margins in football, especially in this conference, are very are razor thin. So when you can get an edge like this with a good kicker you will win more games, period. That He will win us games that otherwise we would not have won. Really big. I, again, it's about focusing on the needs that we've had, and clearly we have a need at kicker. So, hey, look, Luke Fickle just goes out there and gets another kicker, who, by the way, is great. I love it. The little things matter in football, mm-hmm. and the margins are so razor thin. This guy is going gonna, is gonna, is be, is gonna to be a game changer for us, and I, I just like the attention to the detail that Fickle is bringing. Love it. Super happy about it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, he's got the shaggy hair. I'm hoping that he grows a nice handlebar mustache to go along with it so we can really get it going out there as a kicker. Um, no. Uh, they needed somebody with a bigger leg. I, I, I think Venzels did a nice job for what he was last year, but what he was was a walk-on kicker who's solid. And I think from 40 in, we felt pretty good about him. From 40 up, we were really uncomfortable with what was going to happen. I mean, we had a couple of kicks last year that were just not even close when the conditions weren't perfect. So I think this is a big deal. Like, he's a weapon that you have in a game where, say, you get to the 35-yard line, you have a shot to actually put points on the board, and you don't have to feel like you you go for it or not, even though this is the type of offense, finally, that we're going to actually go for it if it's a third and, or fourth and two. So I'm okay with that. We'll see. You know, <laughs> Two things with this that that are exciting to me, outside of what you all mentioned, because I agree with that. Rajiv, I share your excitement here. Justin, when you were a little too understated on this, Rajiv brought the fire. <laughs> this time. I, I love it because what it does, and this is what I think doesn't get talked about enough with a really good kicker, is it alters your play calling offensively. If you're now at the 37, you know it, you don't have to get to the 28 for a field goal attempt. You, you, you can afford to stay at the 37 and maybe take a deeper shot. Like It, it alters your play calling on that side of the field. Um, and the other thing is, I remember back to having, you know, Rafael Gaglione, you know, drilling a clutch kick at night under the lights mm-hmm. to beat Nebraska at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I, Van Zelst was fine, but I don't have the confidence in that. And there's a reason mm-hmm. this staff, last staff, went out and got Vito Calvaroso. It's because they don't believe in Van Zelst. I mean, honest, let's just be real. There's a reason they went to the portal, because they wanted a guy with a big leg that's not Van Zelst. This staff came in and brought a guy in with a big leg who has eligibility. And unlike Van Z- or unlike Calvaroso, he's actually kicked field goals, right? He's not just been a kickoff guy. So they got like the proven version of Vito. Uh, I love it. I think it's an incredibly understated pickup for the Badgers. It's going to win them a game next year, or at least, absolutely, yeah, put them in the position. Like, to win. None of the games will be that close, Ryan. Come on. Because Longo's <laughs> just going to score 80 points a game. Yeah. yeah. True. It's true. Um, so that's a big one. And then we also picked up a receiver, Will Pauling, a five foot ten, 170 pounder. This was a Cincinnati kid in the 2020 yeah. class. So he did play a couple of years, had I think 13 career receptions, 128 yards, a uh, smaller player, uh, but very fast. So yep. 
Justin, I'll another, talk to another, you. Yeah, another slot guy. Uh, there's been talk that he's probably going to be a punt and kick return guy also, which I think actually there was a place for that on this roster. Uh, um, we'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely a place that there's a lot of room for growth for us with those two, two positions beyond just the slot position. Special teams is an area that I think that is really going to be something that Fickle makes a point of making considerable efforts to improve. So I, I think bringing in a guy like this, the way he looks at it is worst case scenario. I'm getting a good, I'm getting a plus player at those two positions. You know, if all goes according to plan, he ends up being a, a nice contributor on the passing game too. Yeah, I think he's 5'10", 180, clearly a slot guy. Um, but, uh, you know, I like. I think I'm happy with the wide receiver room that we're building. Certainly would love to see C.J. Williams come to Madison. I think we all would love to see that. Um, I know that he's looking at other schools right now, but uh, I'm okay with this room. I feel like we've, we've done a nice job and just one more weapon. I mean, we know that Longo wants weapons. We know that he's going to use all different kinds. And we're really shaping up. Everything that Longo's doing is just shaping around what, what the vision is. We can see that. Based on the recruits that have come in and the transfer portal guys, we know what the vision is. We know what the direction of this program is. It's exactly what we wanted, and it's very exciting. I'm very happy to see that. And it's it, frankly, I really like this, the fact that it's another Cincinnati transfer. We just we had Renfro last week. I like that. I mean, these guys want to play for Fickle. They clearly liked it. They want to come play for him now. He had great recruits there. So let's bring those guys here and keep it going. Yeah, and I'll make another point, too, um, with the receiver polling. I always have to look over my notes here. I'm, there's so many names coming in. My brain is still trying to figure them all out. This is – if we believe, and I think we do between the three of us, I think most Wisconsin fans are on board. I think most people who follow college football are on board with this. We believe Luke Fickle understands talent and develops talent, right? I mean, we, we agree there. So we should be pretty excited about a player that he had for two years at Cincinnati that he believes in enough to bring over to Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Right, because I saw some. That's comments. how I feel with the offensive lineman. Yeah, it's the same deal, right? I saw some comments about he's a three-star guy, or we should be going after bigger fish, et cetera, et cetera. This is a guy that Luke Fickle has had for two years, right? Mm -hmm. There's nobody in college football that has a better read on him. By the way, the mm -hmm. receivers coach Mike Brown came over as well. There's nobody in college football that has a better read on him. They mm -hmm. obviously believe there's more here. It's a worthwhile investment. It's very similar to me to when Wisconsin would get guys into their summer camps and offer right away. Right. They just know what they're looking for. So I think in that sense, it's a really big pickup. It, and I trust Luke Fickle to know those talents that he's had. And he also has, I think, does he have three years of eligibility left? I thought he only played one year there. I could be wrong, but I think he might have three years well, left. Well, if he's an instant and he was a redshirt freshman, then he would have three years left. Yeah. So, I mean, that's great. I mean, and again, it goes back to the same thing. We're getting guys with high eligibility. Um, and yeah, I mean, of all the guy, of all the different receivers on that roster, he picked, he picked Pauling and it's great. I mean, I, I we all, we all can say, I, I agree with you, Ryan. We can all say that we trust Fickle and what he's doing. So if he says he likes him, I'm in. Oh, go ahead, Justin. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, with with regards to the other uh, comment that was made, uh, somebody also threw out there asking about, uh, what is it, Michael J. Sturdivant or J. Michael Sturdivant? The cow. Uh, yeah. Uh, just to clarify on that, it, it Wisconsin might get a visit out of it. We are by no means a leader in that recruitment. It sounds like UCLA is the one that it's expected, but there's a lot of teams coming after him, and, and there's a lot of big money thrown being thrown at him too. Uh, we'd love to have him. He's definitely one of those top shelf guys that are being talked about, but there's going to be a lot of competition for that guy. And other than his, uh, his relationship with Evers, I don't know if there's anything else that really 
connects him to Wisconsin. Um, yeah. You know, C.J. Williams, guys like that, those are definitely guys that Wisconsin is going to get. This next year is going to be critical for Wisconsin in terms of where recruiting goes from offensive skill position talent going forward. If Wisconsin tears it up offensively this next year, we throw for 3,500 yards and put up over 30 touchdown passes, you're going to see receivers come. And there's going to be four-star kids that are like, I can go in that offense. That room is not as stacked as looking at USC, Georgia, or Ohio State in terms of me being able to hop in right away and get you know, a ton of playing time, that's going to be a big deal. Um, but we've got to prove it a little bit too. Like, I feel like we we're seeing the results with the quarterback room and it's not really fair to see that and look at other positions like this for the skill talent and assume that that should just happen in other spots too. Um, there's a little bit of prove it game that normally happens in these situations. And I think that we're going through a little bit of it that, that now with the wide receiver uh, recruiting that's going on. I like this comment that, that you put up on the screen. I think that it's kind of underrated. Um, you know, a lot of people are excited about the the receivers and a lot excited about the air raid offense, which is going to be great. But with the spread, the, the spread offense and what we're going to see, Braylon Allen, Ches Malusi, Julius Davis, these guys are going to, Nate White, if he plays next year, they are going to get a lot. I think we're going to have one of the best yards per carry years that we've had in a long time. I mm-hmm. really expect the rushing offense to be fantastic. And I think it's going to kind of surprise everybody because we've all, we've all kind of gotten used to the idea of we're just going to throw the ball over the map, but we are going to run for a lot of yards this year based on the kind of defenses that we're going to be facing. We're not going to have nine men in the box. What a change is going to be for Braylon Allen. I like this comment. I think it's, it's really an underrated thing that we people aren't really talking about uh, because we are going to run the ball really well next year. I think it's going to be like a 45, 55 split. And for those listening on the pod, because somewhere on the pod, that's Slim Lewis. No, no, no worries. He spread, said, spread out the defense. Braylon runs over the safeties. And I think, like Rajiv said, that's a very good comment. I want to zoom out really quick, and then we're going to spend the next 10 or 15 minutes going through some of these comments because we got so many good comments here, y'all. Um, but I do want to zoom out. So we talked about a kicker, basketball, receiver. I do want to zoom out a sec and just we may be missing the force for the trees a little bit. We have four four-star quarterbacks we've added. I mean, just it's hard to – that. that is the – the elephant in the room here, right? It's incredible. And I I don't think I'm really even putting it into words how amazing this is as a Wisconsin fan. There are, or to to put out there, sorry, there, there are, one of the things I read today was we, we kind of all, you know, are on a couple of different message boards and going over to the Minnesota board and going, uh, I got another one. I'm I'm starting to get a little worried about (laughs) these guys that he's bringing in one of these, like, Yeah. We, there's nobody in the West that is recruiting the quarterback position like Wisconsin is. Like they, we are bringing in more talent in that room right now than any team in the West. It's not particularly close. Yep. We talk about the fickle factor a lot on this show. What about the long go factor? This is the yeah. long go factor yes. right here. This, this is, is I mean, this, this, is this assistant coach is coming in and just is just recruiting his butt off. I love it. This is the fact of. Yeah, I mean, listen, Madison is a desirable place to live. These kids come for visits. They want to be here. But the issue was our offense wasn't really fitting the skill that they had. Now we get Fickle and Phil Longo, and wow, these these quarterbacks are like, yeah, we want to come. I mean, we've seen what you've done with other quarterbacks. So what an impact that Longo has had on this offense and in this room that he's being built. I mean, it's it's. I said it on the last show, I think it's surreal. I, I, I can't even believe this is actually happening in Wisconsin. We're becoming an offense 
that is going to load up our quarterback room with four-star guys and have an air raid offense. I mean, I can't wait. When does football season start? Uh, you got many months, unfortunately. Uh, David, in the last yeah. let's get in some comments. Ryan says everybody's a really big pickup. Yes, because half the dudes are four-star quarterbacks. Yeah. The other two are like all conference players, kicker, defensive end, Darian Vaughn. Like, so yeah, listen, I, I do get excited. I'm a fan. I tend to optimistic. That's where I trend anyway, but like half the guys are four-star quarterbacks. Those are big pickups. Yeah. When, when you're getting guys that we've never gotten to the program before, it's always going to be big, right? I mean, this is something that we've never seen and we've never had this many four-star guys in our, in our, on our entire roster before. That's why we're excited. It, it's not even just that for me. The bulk of these guys are starter caliber players. And that's that's why they are big pickups, in my opinion. These aren't depth pickups. These aren't guys to fill out the two deep. These are guys who legitimately are expected to compete for the starter position that are coming in. Varner expected to come in and push for at least sub packages in the passing you know, game for that. Uh, the kid out of Michigan State. I did. I didn't oh. anticipate he'd also be in for pass rush. I think he can actually play the run too. So these really are guys, like the Yeah, oh, these are really guys like. that are going to be in there. I like both offensive linemen to potentially be guys that start on the interior. So I think there's a lot to be to be made of this. There's not mm-hmm. a bunch of guys. You know, worst case, you're getting a lot of quality talent for the two deep. Mm-hmm. But these guys yeah. may very well be starters, and we're kind of getting an instant makeover. Whereas if these were high school recruits we probably wouldn't be hearing about them for a couple of years Agreed. yeah we um petrowski i think is really going to be good i've mentioned that we need outside linebacker hub i think he he will slot mm-hmm. in well there um but yeah just and then yeah we, we didn't even talk on this show about renfro and i mean my gosh they're just we're loading up everywhere mm-hmm. yeah it's i think it's been an incredible offseason quite frankly um and i i objectively think you can look at that and not be a homer and come to that conclusion all right, let's get through some comments here. Corey D, no, no idea how they don't attempt to feed Crowell in that moment. Stephen Crowell obviously talking about that last end of the yep. game situation with Chucky Hepburn. Another comment from Monty D, Chucky chucks up another bad shot at the end of the game. Justin, you touched on this. Rajiv, I know this is a long time pet peeve of yours. Um, it gets frustrating after a while seeing the same thing repeat, right? And nothing seems to change, and we're going to keep losing games like this, and and it's yeah. really going to come matter in the tournament. If we lose a game, I mean, listen, we're going to see this in March again, and are we going to do anything differently? I mean, evaluate the players you have and make adjustments for the players you have. I just don't understand when you've, you like you have consistent proof that it's not working, that you don't try something different. Like Chucky's what four for 30 in late game shooting situations. Now he hit a huge one at Purdue, but most of the time it's not great. I don't know. I don't know what the number is. That's me just ballparking it. But he has not been good. It, it, like, I can probably count the number of makes on one hand. Yeah. Well, it's also easier to defend because it, it's what we yeah. do. Michigan State's going to gear up to that. Uh, David Velasky says, any chance Evers changes his mind, decommits? No, he's, he's heading to Madison. And yeah. the other thing with this is Evers is going to compete next year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he in his mind, I'm sure he thinks he's going to beat out um, everybody. It's And it's not just, you know, it's not just Ho. It's also LaCrue. It's Burkett. But I think Evers is – Planning on beating out all that. So, no, I don't think he com- decommits. Um, let's keep going here. We have so much stuff going on. Thomas Miller says guard has to do something to generate open looks at the end of halves, get stops. Um, let's talk defense here because I agree with Thomas on the first part. Like guard has to coach up those things better. But kick it to you guys on this as well. I think Tyler, without Tyler Wall, you just, you're not going to get the stops that you're, you're consistently looking for. You can't replace him defensively. 
Hundred percent agree. No, if the, the longer he's out of this with his ankle injury, the more games we're going to lose. He is so critical. Now we can do things to shore things up a bit. Like I said, I feel like we get a little bit scared in those moments. We're not pressuring the ball as much. I think we need to take a little bit more risk defensively. Uh, but yeah, Wall is such a big part of our our team, and without him, we're not gonna, we're not going to rack up Big Ten wins without him. If we're going to continue to switch like we're doing, they're going to have to either show a, a double or hard double whenever we get a guard ISO down on the in the block or it's going to continue to happen Wisconsin is not a big team we have crawl basically right now and I don't think we have anybody over six eight or six nine on the rest of the roster so you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to make do like you're gonna to have to play with fire a little bit and hope that teams just don't kill you from the outside I'd much rather take my chances with somebody jacking up a three than a six eight or six nine guy shooting over a six one point guard. No, one more comment. I oh, yeah. go ahead. Sorry, one more comment I want to make about the offensive side of that late games. I would really like to see a Cian in more of the pick and roll situations. Like when Crow's back there doing it with Hepburn, Crow's always getting open looks. I'm not saying that it has to be a Cian. It he needs to be a bit more involved in those pick and roll situations because he will not to say he's going to get open every time, but he will get open looks or he will be able to make some decisions. We have to involve yeah. him in those late game situations in the pick and roll. We have they, to do that. And I don't know they why are, they're not. They're showing so hard on the screen that we have to start doing it because if you start sending Crowell down the lane, it, it should be an easy bucket because that, that second defender is just completely selling out to stop him from getting an open look off of that. Well, and there's other ways you can create action for a season too. Yeah. Like it, it becomes just this zero sum game. It feels like where you're either going to go high pick and roll or just Chucky ISO. But on the backside, you could you could try to create some more action for a season too. And that's on a coach, by the way. Yeah. Like you have to. Scheme They're not up. running plays for him. You have to They're... scheme up looks for your best three point shooter. Um, Patrick they... Flaherty says only Badger fans have a fear of being too deep at quarterback. And that's such a perfect comment, right? Only mm-hmm. Badger fans are worried about this. We have lived through prospects who are perfectly capable of managing a game. People we should be celebrating. Yep. Thank you, Patrick. Yes. Uh, we've definitely talked about that a lot. Um, let's keep going down here. Uh, a couple comments. Jamel Howard, he's still out there. Obviously, any type of turmoil at Michigan probably helps Wisconsin. Um Tim says, are we going to talk about weight room games once the roster is set? I wanted to bring this comment up because Brady Collins is, again, a big part of this transition as well. Cincinnati strength and conditioning guy, a guy we're going to have on this show, which I'm excited for. It's just a top-to-bottom roster reconstruction, Mm -hmm. program reconstruction, which is, I think, why people are so excited about it. Yeah. I mean, they always drop the roster in right before spring practice starts. So we'll definitely be discussing the changes because I, for one, am – I'm very, you know, curious as to how this plays out, especially the wide receivers. I, I expect them to put on good, good strength weight this year, which is something that I feel like I personally have felt as like is lacking in our receiver room. None of the guys look like they've really gotten bigger since they've come in. Yeah, Brady Collins is going to be a good one. He's excited to be here, by the way. Um, a bunch of comments about Lacrue as well, wondering if he may transfer out. I'll tell you this from talking to Cole Lacrue. And Darren Wyman says Tanner plays next year and he's gone. And then Evers and Locke battle for two years. Then LaCrue is next to battle with Metower. Uh, LaCrue definitely has a window. This is where I, uh, Darren, that's a great comment. I absolutely agree with you. Listen, LaCrue is not going to run from competition. Mm-hmm. I, I can promise you that. So I, I don't know what's going to happen, but he's the only high school kid in this class. So he he's not been recruited over. He has some creativity that a lot of the other guys don't. 
And I don't want guys that want to that want to run from competition. I want the guys that want to play. Like we brought up a comment earlier about Evers and whether he'd want to decommit. These guys are competitive. They're, they're competitors. They want to come here and say, hey, listen, I'm the guy that's going to play here. And if they don't end up making it, then they might transfer out. And that's OK, uh, depending on what the situation is. But I want all the guys here who want to compete. And so the more the merrier. And I think it just sends the message that, you know, these guys, these guys want these guys want to play. Time Modern Tradition says let's win at every position and phase of the game. I think, yeah, just stocking up talent everywhere. Uh, this is a good question here from Jan Volk. Um, a lot of talk about the offense. What about our defense next year? I have a feeling like defense, if this thing goes wrong and unravels, it's going to be because the defense isn't very good. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly have voiced my concerns about the D-line. I think that's still – I'm waiting for the D-tackle. I think that really has to come. I would love to see Howard uh, commit here. Obviously, that's more of a new recruit. Uh, but, you know, linebacker I think is a bit of an issue for us. Inside we're okay. Outside we're going to need some help. But hopefully Petrowski helps with that. Uh, but I think from a defensive back perspective, we, we're probably okay. We've got a lot of young guys coming in too, but – also got some good depth there. I, I'm not overly worried. I think that it's going to be a different scheme. We're going to see how what changes are made to the defense and, and how that's going to work. I agree. It will might be the the weak point, but uh, if we get a D tackle, then I'm not going to be concerned. That's my opinion. The defensive line is going to be more aggressive than we, we've seen in the past. There's going to be less just holding spot, picking up blockers, and more shooting gaps. So it's going to be very interesting to kind of see how the defense plays. Um, it's it's kind of just doing things differently than what we've done in the three four, which is to create chaos and come after the quarterback and create confusion. And what the difference is is that now we are just kind of sending guys kind of across the board and and letting athleticism dictate. We might see a, a sizable jump from some of the defensive linemen now that they don't have quite the the type of restrictions that they had in the past they get to they get to try to just make athletic plays rather than having to make sure like before they had to actually read the play now they have if this is there go kind of like what leo chanel did when he was playing inside linebacker you see something you like go for it and there's gonna be a little bit more of that with the defensive line see and i disagree that, with you a little bit on the defense line really quick I, I just don't think they're ballers like i think they're fine but I, I don't think that in the past, I really think this is kind of a misnomer. I don't think in the past Ross Kalaji was saying, don't go make a play, just eat up gaps. I just no, don't no. think they're disruptive enough defensive linemen, period. I mean, Keanu Benton made dis- disruptive plays. I just I, think I don't disagree with you in that regard. My my point is more in like the run game and stuff like that. We may see them shooting gaps on run plays. It would be more likely tackles for loss in the run game than seeing guys pick up sacks. So I, it, yeah. I, I think that we're going to see less read and react in that regard and more just pick a spot and go. I, I love this comment here. Uh, Commandant Clink, great name, by the way. Uh, I want to kick this to you because I think this opens up a really interesting comment. And then we'll probably start to wrap this up. And I apologize I don't get to all the comments. Um, we're at 46 minutes. and I, I desperately don't try to keep people for too long, guests included. Um, but this is really interesting to me. Commandant Clink says not getting a big man in the transfer portal last year is killing the team. Here's the interesting part of his comment. The big problem with guard is recruiting or is it the style of play that he can't get many good players to come here? Cause that's a very similar Chris question, right? We always said is Chris not getting quarterbacks and receivers because of recruiting or is it because style of play? Oh, it's 100% style of play. Yep. 
I mean, well, the good thing is, I mean, next year we've got quite a good recruiting class with big guys coming in. So that kind of, you know, counteracts this point. But I agree. It's the style of play. Um, and we needed to be more aggressive. I know we tried to get people in the portal last year, but it is really hurting us. And, you know, look, I, I don't want to start a guard conversation, but I do think that there are issues with guard that as the season progresses, I'm sure we'll talk about again. And I think that there's there's a lot of room for improvement, um, especially the kind of stuff we're seeing with the football program. I think we're going to, you know, yeah. there's a lot to talk about. If Wall's uh, out for a prolonged period here, this this could get rough. We don't yeah. know. Nobody has any clue how long he's out for. It could be a high ankle sprain for all we know, and we might not see him for another two, three weeks. And oh, who knows be, what happens then? That he could be, be in bad shape. Yeah, that'd be brutal. All right. Uh, Tim says Henningsen was a huge loss. Absolutely he was. He was a baller. Um, we're going to wrap up there, y'all. Again, so many comments I didn't get to, but we're going to do – Maybe Friday. We're going to have John Garcia on Friday, and then maybe Friday night we'll do a freeform show, and all we'll do is comments. We'll dial in. We'll have probably seven more quarterbacks by that point as well. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll keep it going. Um, appreciate every single person that dialed in. Everybody's comment I didn't get to. Don't don't think it's because I'm not trying to put your comment up here. There's so many on the side that I lose track of where I am in the chat. So um, I'm going to blame myself on that one. But don't think I'm, I'm skipping over it intentionally. Rajiv, Justin, as always, y'all are amazing. Um a tough loss, but also three big transfer portal additions. So we'll keep it going tomorrow. I think you're going to really like the guest tomorrow. You're going to want to turn into tune into that show. It's a tease, but you're going to want to. I think you're going to enjoy that one. On Wisconsin, gentlemen, any last words to wrap up? Uh, kind of a chaotic day. Good and bad. Bad day for the basketball program, but – I mean, the momentum continues to build for the football program. Let's get a countdown clock somewhere on this screen mm-hmm. for um, countdown of football <laughs> season. That'd be great. Works for me. <laughs> I see you, Wes. I see you. I wasn't purposely missing your comments. See, I see you. Um, <laughs> Tyler says thanks. Uh, Logan says see you tomorrow. I, w- I will be here. I am sure of that. Uh, <laughs> Wes Mullenix says love you. Love you too, Wes. Badger and Bormouth says, Ryan, can you get a leg growing? So I reached out. I haven't got a word back yet, but I, I'll try to talk to his coach. I was going to have his coach on last year to talk about Marshall Howe, same high school. <clears throat> Obviously, Connecticut's my neck of the woods, so I will definitely try to get him on the show. I, I love his film. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely try to make that happen as well, Badger and Bournemouth. With that, everybody on Wisconsin, and we'll talk later. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently, so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.